With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. Come on along and welcome aboard. Indiana Sports Beat coming to you on this Tuesday. It's election day. Kevin Brockway from CNHI sitting in with us as always. Jim Coyle here. Also joining us, Mike DeCourcy from Big Ten Network, uh, Sporting News, Fox, uh, whoever else he's not with. Uh, Chronic Hoosier will be along with us uh, to give us his stage wisdom as well. Plenty to get to to talk about. A lot, Kevin, a lot going on. Uh, man, it's going to be a fun week. you got Indiana uh, hosting Michigan, uh, a battle of ranked teams. There's uh, just all kinds of the decision for the Purdue-Wisconsin game coming down today, and that's that's gigantic. We were talking about this off-air, Kevin, and I, I think the Big Ten has just continued to screw this up. They should have made Wisconsin play last week. They didn't have that many outs. They had a couple, and they babied them and coddled them and gave them a, 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 pa- a pass, and now, they're, how the heck, there's no way you can let them play this week. They've got m- twice as many out this week as they did last week, and so if you let them play, what's Nebraska say? They're going to blow up if, if you let them play with twice as many out, and you didn't let Nebraska fill that game. I mean, it's the Big Ten has really screwed this up, in my opinion. Well, you know, the 12, uh, you know, uh, positive cases, right? That's a, That was the last report from Barry Alvarez on Saturday on ESPN game day. So, um, you know, my my thought, too, is, um, you know, why isn't daily antigen testing working? You know, why isn't it preventing the outbreaks? You know, the Big Ten in September, hail, this was going to be the safest uh, method of, uh, you know, getting everyone back to the field. And uh, it's already messed with the integrity of the schedule, as you brought up, you know, the fact that, you know, Wisconsin – could sit out two in a row. So now they'll be down to uh, seven games at most. You've got Purdue and Nebraska playing eight games at the most and everyone else playing nine games. And uh, think about it from this perspective too. Uh, at the end of the season, when Indiana plays Purdue, Purdue will have a bye week built into their schedule that Indiana didn't have. So it, that'll be, you know, one more week. Right? So it, it, there's really a domino effect to it as well. Um, but I'm curious about the antigen testing. Why isn't it preventing outbreaks? You know, the timing, obviously, uh, with COVID in the Midwest in general, wasn't good launching the season as uh, cases were on the rise. So it's just uh, a tough situation right now. Um, they are pressing through it, but it's, it's going to be really weird to see things how things shake out in the Big Ten West. I don't see how it's possible that Wisconsin is doing daily antigen testing and having an outbreak like that. I mean, how when you get the first or the second one, how is an immediate action not taken and everything stopped? But that there's no way that that was done, and I think that's a problem. 
um, there's there there was a there has to have been a breakdown somewhere uh, when you have the, the resources that they have and to be in the position they're in now. But that aside, you got to get back to the Purdue has been a has a cakewalk. Purdue has the easiest schedule. They might as well play in the ACC. They've got the easiest schedule known to mankind. They play no one of consequence. They're going to get a pass on this game against Wisconsin. Either way, if they play the game, they're depleted. Uh, and, and if they don't, they're, it's, I guess it's not, it's not a forfeit because of the Big Ten's rules. But it, the West is going to be a joke. And I started thinking about this. You can look at a team like Indiana, a team that could potentially go with one loss to a team that's arguably pointed towards the college football championships and be tons better than any team from the West, but yet be relegated to third place. Now, I just don't see that as fair. The Big Ten should have done away with divisions this year. It doesn't matter who you lose to anyway on, on how you win your division. So it, it's ridiculous to have divisions this year. I, I think they should have gone with a straight line um, records a, across the board this season. Well, and if you would have done that, would you have played all the teams in your division or would you have spread it out? I think that's the big question, too, because of the fact Well, it doesn't that, matter know, because even in the Western Division, they're counting games against East Division teams as the record on who wins. So it doesn't matter. Well, really. six and two. I mean, I'm talking about the balance of it. You know, maybe you go four and four instead of six and two uh, with regards to that. But, you know, regardless, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting road for Purdue. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, – you know, David Bell is certainly playing at a very high level. I think Bob Diaco has done a little better with that defense. Um, and they're getting, you know, decent quarterback play out of Aiden O'Connell. Um, so, but Northwestern, let's not forget Northwestern and Peyton Ramsey, uh, our old friend from Indiana, um, oh. who has uh, really got them believing too and really stabilized that quarterback position. Because if you remember last year, they tried to go with the transfer from Clemson, Hunter Johnson, he was a disaster. Five stars. So uh, Peyton Ramsey really has, I think, given Northwestern, um, you know, competency at that position. And then you look at the defense and some of the other areas that they have, their run game, um, they, they can complement. Uh, you know, it, Ramsey's not necessarily setting the world on file, fire in terms of statistics, but he's a game manager, as we know. And he's, he's doing what he did in Indiana. He's putting exactly, them in a position yeah. where they can have a better-than-average season, but not a great season. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's and that's what he's – listen, that's what he's doing up at Northwestern. He is putting them in position to win. They were down 17 nothing early in that game against Iowa, and they came back and won. Um, but, you know, he's not as uh, dynamic as uh, Michael Penix, who, as we all know, the key with him is just staying healthy uh, in terms of – and he was really locked in in the second half of that game. I mean, he looked tremendous. And, uh, you know, what's, what's the receiver started catching the ball – uh, everything was uh, that that offense really got clicking. Yeah, uh, Purdue two and zero, Northwestern two and zero, Indiana two and zero. That's the first time that has happened since never. It's never happened. Uh, not only that, you, you, Northwestern is two and zero with Indiana's ex quarterback. So it's unbelievable what is going on there. But um, it, it certainly is, and I think Purdue has a path. To the Big Ten West title, they, they again their schedule is just unbelievably easy. Other, uh, they have to get through Northwestern. To me, that's going to be the game. Iowa, how about them? How disappointing! My gosh, zero and two. They lose on the road to Purdue that first game. That, that shocked me, and then they lost to Northwestern. Um, 
So Northwestern's really put themselves in a catbird seat as well. Yeah, and Kirk Ferentz, I think, is a guy that uh, might be on the hot seat a little with all the rumbling that happened oh, yeah. in the offseason and they fired the special teams coach. It, you know, uh, the North, the Iowa administration might think very similar to Mike D'Antoni last year. Maybe that a new voice, a change in leadership uh, might be of the uh, might be of the offing here because uh, it doesn't seem like, um, you know, when, when when you're winning, you can get away with some of the stuff that's going on off the field. But if, if you're not winning, you know, and uh, it's it, it's, it's kind of trending downward, um, I think that, uh, you know, it could be an interesting offseason in Iowa uh, for, for Kirk Ferentz. Yeah, this has just been a weird time. Cancel culture and um, get with her to get out, it looks like. But, uh, man, how about the change, though, in the Big Ten football landscape? This is unbelievable right now, Michigan. Uh, wow, man, you talk about falling. Who's the worst team in the Big Ten East, I, I look at, I ask myself that question. We don't know, to be honest with you, because when we watched from week one to week two, and in week one, I talked about how horrible that uh, Michigan State looked and how horrible uh, uh, some other teams looked. And then the next week, they did a, a, a 180, and they're like, completely, greatly looked great. Michigan looked terrible. Other than the, the undefeated teams, Man, I don't. We don't know what the heck is going on with those Big Ten teams in the Big Ten East. You got Ohio State, who apparently is a league above everybody else, and then to me, Indiana is the next team there. Uh, they've beaten Penn State, and Michigan, obviously down. Michigan State down. M- Maryland looked really good. How about uh, Tunga Bailoa? Man, he looks like his brother. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Talia. You know, it was kind of interesting because you know he had three interceptions in the Northwestern game. They get boat race there. Um, Maryland has lost eight in a row. I, I would have told you last week, yeah, Maryland is, is probably the worst team in the Big Ten East, but they showed a lot of life, uh, you know, uh, on that Friday night game. They came back from down 17 in the second half, and Talia, he's got a little spark, and he's got some ability in terms of, uh, you know, both with his legs and with his arm. Um, so, you know, Maryland can be a team that can sneak up on you and be a little dangerous. And how about probably the most disappointing team, I think, in the whole Big Ten is Minnesota right now. Um P.J. Fleck rode the boat. They were riding that momentum. But it's clear they really miss uh, Antoine Winfield defensively, the safety. They miss uh, Tyler Johnson, the receiver. And uh, Tanner Morgan just isn't really playing at the level he was playing last year at quarterback. So, uh, you know, row the boat. I, I think the boat is taking out some water at this point. Yeah. Uh, Indiana basketball, we were still waiting for the schedule to come out. But we did see yesterday um, – the first game apparently is going to be on November 25th. Was that Tennessee Tech? I forget who that was. Yeah, Tennessee Tech, who uh, actually uh, is coached by uh, John Pelfrey, uh, former uh, right. Kentucky guy and former Gator Arkansas. assistant. Coach, Coach Pels, yeah, good guy. And uh, th- there might have been a John Pelfrey, uh, Tom Oshkram uh, connection there because, you know, Tom coached on the Florida staff when Pelfrey was there too. So maybe My, they, how, uh, my how the mighty have fallen. Huh? I said, my, how the mighty have fallen going from Arkansas to Tennessee Tech. Yeah, yeah. John's uh, coaching career, uh, he had a he had a tough run there at Arkansas. I think a lot of things happened with uh, some of the players he recruited up there, uh, a lot of off-the-field, uh, off-the-court off issues. Um, so his teams were depleted. He could never really get going as a, uh, as, as a head coach uh, in the SEC. And, uh, uh, you know, obviously is uh, – kind of starting over here, um, trying to get his career back on track. 
Yeah, well, uh, the, we're waiting now for the rest of the schedule to come out. We know some of the games that Indiana's going to play, uh, but we still waiting for that balance of, of what kind of schedule it's going to be. Uh, the Big Ten schedule, what kind of schedule are we looking at there, do you think? Yeah, no, it's going to be, um, you know, is, is it going to be 20 games? And if that's the case, then uh, you've got uh, seven non-conference games. And if that's the case, I mean, Indiana really already has, what, six of those seven locked up if the Tennessee Tech report is true, uh, because you got the three games in Maui, you've got Butler, and you've got the ACC Big Ten in Florida State. So that's six out of your seven non-conference games right there. And it's going to make for, hey, look, a, a really difficult uh, schedule. I think this year Indiana is ready for a tougher non-conference schedule because they're more experienced uh, than they were a year ago um, and ready to kind of take on that challenge. But, uh, you know, you're going to have to, you know, come out on the, uh, uh, you know, positive end of some of these non-conference games. Otherwise, you're putting tremendous uh, pressure on yourself to, uh, you know, certainly, you know, have a, a, a far above 500 record. Um, in the uh, in the Big Ten Conference. Some uh, birthdays out to the Indiana basketball family on November 2nd, which was yesterday, Ted Kitchell. Tomorrow, the vanilla thriller, Tim Priller. Birthday boy, uh, November 5th, Quentin Taylor. November 7th, Kyle Hornsby, Lyndon Jones, and Donald Perry. So happy birthday to those former Hoosiers. Um, but, yeah, look, in basketball around the corner, we're, we're just waiting and waiting. It's been quiet. The recruiting has been a little quiet since uh, Trey Kaufman. Uh, let's see. I guess we haven't spoken since that happened. Trey Kaufman obviously committing to Purdue last week. Uh, it's just, it, other than the optics, it's not that big a deal because there's other guys that that, that same skill set that he's looking at. But it's an optics standpoint when you get a guy from southern Indiana to go to Purdue because that just doesn't happen very often. Yeah, and certainly Trey is, um, I think he's a multi-skilled uh, wing, you know, who uh, has good size, can play two forward positions. He's going to help Purdue uh, mightily, and it would have been a really nice get, particularly insurance if, if Trace Jackson Davis left in the draft. But, uh, you know, you press forward, you can't get them all. I think that, uh, you know, uh, there's uh, the five-star talent they're looking at from Missouri, right? Uh, Arik, the guard. Um, so you've, you've got, uh, you've got that as well. So to, to yeah, look Bruce Thornton yesterday put out, Bruce Thornton put out his list yesterday, the top five. Um, and of course, Georgia where he's from is on there, but as is Indiana and Purdue is kind of his, his top five is weird for a guy from Georgia. It's, it's three of the teams are from the big 10 Georgia is homeschool. And I forget who the other one was, but, um, uh, just would have thought I, you'd see a little more Southern flavor on his recruiting, but a lot of big 10, we'll see how that goes. Archie Miller in desperate need of a point guard, but we got plenty more to get to as Mike DeCourcy from the sporting news is going to join us next. You're listening to Indiana sports speed radio coming to you from the golf club at Eagle point studios. We're back with more right after this. Hello, everybody. Jim Coyle from Indiana Sports Beat. When I'm not covering the Hoosiers, you can find me at Bubba's 33 in Clarksville, located on the northeast corner of I-65 at Veterans Parkway. Bubba's 33 has hand-tossed pizzas, bold burgers, and ice-cold beer from a select list of local craft brewers. An incredible food selection, all made fresh daily. Whether you're meeting the team for that post-win meal in the family dining area or meeting friends for happy hour to watch the game on one of Bubba's 50 TVs, Bubba's 33 in Clarksville, pizza, burgers, beer. 
We all want a winning smile for those championship photos, and that's exactly what you will get at Reynolds Family Dentistry in Sellersburg. Reynolds Family Dentistry has been serving the dental needs of Hoosier families for over 30 years. Let Drs. Roger and Jay Reynolds take care of your family. Just off of I-65 at 809 South Indiana Avenue in Sellersburg. Call 812-246-3368. That's Reynolds Family Dentistry, 812-246-3368. Hey, this is Jim Coyle with Indiana Sports Beat Radio. We're now a part of the Rivals Network. The Hoosier.com is where you'll find complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers as well as coverage of the Big Ten. Simply go to the Hoosier.com and sign up. It's free. You can also catch Indiana Sports Beat Radio there each day at your convenience, or you can find it in any place you podcast or on this station each weekday. If we're not on the station where you live, we should be. Ask for Indiana Sports Beat Radio. Now that warm weather has arrived, it's time to hit the links, and there's no better place than the golf club at Eagle Point in Bloomington. Voted best golf course by the readers of the Bloomington Herald Times, the golf club at Eagle Point is under new ownership, has new fairways and bunkers, and it's open to the public. When the round's over, there's cold beer and a full menu at the Eagle Point Club and Bistro. Call 812-824-1100 to make a tea time. That's 812-824-1100. The golf club at Eagle Point in Bloomington. No matter where you are in life, here's a question to consider. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you navigate where you want to go? An Ameriprise advisor will take the time to truly understand what's important to you and help you prepare for whatever life brings, both the expected and the unexpected, by providing personalized advice based on your goals and needs and regular reviews along with digital tools to help you stay on track. With an Ameriprise advisor, you can feel more confident, connected, and in control of your financial life. Call Dennis Schneider, Heath Schneider, or Nick Davis with Schneider & Associates, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services. Call 877-827-1404. That's 877-827-1404. See Dennis Schneider at 236 North Elm Street in Henderson and Heath Schneider or Nick Davis at 20 East Camp Ground Road in Evansville. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Member FINRA and SIPC. Does your bank offer the personal service of a community bank combined with big bank products that you expect? I'm Dane Chandler, Banking Center Manager with Banterra, and with our bank, you get the best of both worlds. Our easy-to-use mobile app includes conveniences like mobile check deposit. We offer competitive CD and money market rates, smart mortgage options, and unmatched business products and services. Switching to Banterra is easy. Stop by our locations to learn more. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. 2020 has been a special year at Leroy's Tavern, celebrating 50 years of great food and drinks and friendly service and the addition of a family room. Leroy's Tavern is gearing up for the football season with the NFL Sunday ticket featuring every game every weekend and enjoy Bush Light for a dollar in a glass or $5 pitchers every Sunday, Monday, and Thursday. Leroy's will also stream high school football games on Friday night. Leroy's Tavern, a West Side tradition for 50 years at 2659 Mount Vernon Avenue. Today's guest is brought to you by Reynolds Family Dentistry of Sellersburg. You need a million-dollar smile for those championship photos, and that's exactly what you'll get with Reynolds Family Dentistry. Welcome back, Indiana Sports Beat, coming to you on this Tuesday. It's election day, so I assume you got out and voted. We're joined now by the great Mike DeCourcy. Mike, how are you, sir? I am well, Jim, although I'm not doing as well as uh, the Hoosiers and the Boilers are in football. 
I'm telling you, I was just like we expected. Indiana, Purdue, and Northwestern undefeated in the Big Ten right now. So uh, just as we expected things to be. I was watching my friend Rick Pizzo and and the and the great panel on uh, on Big Ten Live last night, uh, and uh, they were talking about the season. And Rick mentioned that this was this is the first time ever that those three schools have been two and zero in the big 10. That's incredible. Yeah. It is mind blowing. I mean, it truly is. When you think about all the years, all the opportunities that have to just line up that it, that it never has. And it shows the, the, the years of frustration of why that's been so frustrating because you're not really close. If you, you haven't even started out two and zero, but but we are here, and that's the great thing. We're having fun with this. It's it's been a blast. I mean, me and Kevin were having fun talking about it earlier. It's just it's fun to see the league like this because now you see teams like Indiana, like Northwestern, who get to make some noise and normally don't get to do that. Yeah, I mean, Northwestern has become a pretty consistent program right. over yeah. uh, during uh, uh, during Fitz's time as head coach. Uh, they've been uh, they've been as far as the big 10 championship game uh, and and were although they were beaten pretty decisively were not embarrassed there uh they were competitive in the game uh, and and they've had you know they had the rose bowl season i think what was 95 so they've had their, their great moments and it, it, we've seen the indiana program uh start to evolve we've seen purdue of course have some some wonderful times under players like drew Brees, uh but we're we're seeing a, a real escalation here and it's really cool and that Michigan game on Saturday now uh it becomes monumental and and if they can win that not saying that that means they're going to take the the uh the division championship but it does certainly make them a, a strong contender to to at least challenge Ohio State like I'm going to shift gear, gears here a little Go and ahead. um talk about the Wisconsin situation and I'm just curious you know, with your connections with the Big Ten Network and maybe the Big Ten office a little bit, is there any kind of sense of bewilderment or surprise or disappointment that this daily antigen testing hasn't prevented some of these, uh, you know, outbreaks that have happened? And, and what do you make of the integrity of the schedule now that you've got a situation where Wisconsin might, you know, have to have two games canceled and Purdue and Indiana won't be play- Purdue and Nebraska, excuse me, won't be playing as many games too. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's a disappointment uh, that that it has you know that it has developed that this has come up. Uh, I I I don't know again that you can prevent everything from happening. That's why you're testing because you're trying to you're trying to assure that that this doesn't happen. But you can't you can't guarantee anything. I mean, in the NFL over the weekend, we had a player play. Or two players play uh, when they subsequently uh, on that day were found to have been positive while they played. It, 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 it's it's a it's a it's a work in progress. No one's ever gone through anything like this before. Yeah, you don't know in a lot of circumstances uh, what is going on inside particular buildings. I mean, we found out in, in, with the Titans, for instance, that that they weren't following a lot of guidelines that were that were asked of them uh, when they were out of public view 
And so you, you can't be sure of anything in these circumstances. You just try to do the absolute best. You try to make sure that this, the environment that you provide is the safest possible. And when circumstances do come up where a player or a coach or someone on the staff tests positive, that you get those people out of the circumstance as quickly as possible so that they can isolate and and not spread it any further than than they might have before they before they became aware. Yeah, it's been a tricky, tricky situation. And but the bigger now the bigger picture is the decision is coming on today uh, for the Purdue Wisconsin game. They've already missed the game last week against Nebraska. I don't see how there's any way possible, Mike, they'll let them play when they have twice as many positive cases now than they did last week. And Nebraska would just explode if they if they let them play now. I don't think Nebraska's concerned about this. I, I don't think Nebraska's uh, feelings about this enter into the question at all. The only question is, have you? Have have you isolated this? Has it have you stopped the spread? And is it safe to go forward? That's the only question. Uh, Nebraska's feelings don't matter in the least. What matters is can you safely play the game, and 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 be sure that that in in playing the game that you neither put with, with the current Wisconsin players and staff the the. The eligible, let's say, the available, maybe is a better word, uh, players and staff are Wisconsin at any greater risk than they already, that, you know, than, than normal, and that the Purdue players and staff aren't in any risk. And if you can do those things, then you should go ahead and play the game. And if you can't feel comfortable about that, then under no circumstance should you. So I don't think that it's, I don't think it's a tricky decision for, uh, for, for, uh, for, for, Wisconsin or the Big Ten to make. Uh, I think it's I think it's a very simple decision. That doesn't make it an easy one. It, it, they have to have all those answers in order to make it. The season certainly has not played out in Nebraska's favor this year because I'm sure they would have loved to have played a depleted Wisconsin team last week. Yeah, I mean, I I I, I think that's true. I mean, you certainly would like that opportunity if you're if you're Wisconsin, if you're uh, Nebraska to play a, a weakened opponent, uh, but I think that's you know that's to me the least of the concerns or considerations. Uh, uh, the most important is what I talked about: is that the the, the remaining players for Wisconsin and the remaining are available players and staff for Wisconsin uh, are not are at no greater risk of of being infected and that no one from Nebraska is either. And again, I don't care as long as you have enough players to field a team. Uh, I don't, it, to me, that that's the only question, whether you feel like, Oh, we'll, we'll get our butts kicked or our head coaches and whatever, that doesn't matter. I mean, if you have enough players to field a team and you can do that without re- putting your, your available players and staff at any risk, then I, I, then there's no way that you should not play the game. Mike, I know a lot of people, uh, you know, were concerned when the season started for Purdue about, you know, Rondell Moore being out and all David Bell has done is catch passes, uh, uh, picking up where he left off last year. Uh, he's obviously the best wide receiver in the uh, Big Ten, one of the best in the country, or what, what are your thoughts on the level of play that he's, uh, he's shown so far this season? Oh, he's just been fantastic, and it's it's been really cool to see uh, – because it, it, 
again, it, a lot of players uh, at Purdue, at Indiana, at places like that, that have not had traditional great success, don't get the attention. That doesn't mean they don't get seen by the people who matter the most, uh, the NFL, but they don't always get a lot of attention while they're in college. Uh, that, so it's it's really cool to see what he's been able to accomplish and the manner in which he's accomplished it, and it, and it also contributing to team success. It, it, it's not just a guy out there catching a lot of passes on a on an average to bad team. It's a guy that's catching a lot of passes and, and doing spectacular things on a team that's undefeated and, and attempting to continue that. So uh, it's been really exciting to see what he's been able to accomplish. And, and I, again, look forward to, to, to the way this plays out. Cause it's, you know, I mean, this is, this is not an ideal circumstance for anyone. We all know that, but the actual competition has been fun. The, the games have been fun. The, the Penn Incredible. State Indiana game was fantastic. The 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 uh, the the game against Rutgers for the Hoosiers was really entertaining. The the comeback by Maryland on Friday night. I mean, the, the, the games have been really fun, and so it's and, and it sort of underscores why this is worthwhile. And I have to say, you know, when I watch games now, and this happened a lot in the ESPN game about Penn, uh, the Penn State Ohio State game. Like, I don't need to be hammered over the head with a baseball bat that there aren't any fans in the stands or that there's only parents. Yeah. I get it. I mean, we've been dealing with this now. If you go back, if you, if you follow soccer like I do, we've been, we've been dealing with that reality since May. We understand. No whiteout. Okay. We get it. What about the game? What about the game? Would you please just pay attention to the game? I, 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 I love those guys. I think they do a phenomenal job. But I thought on Saturday night they way overdid that element of it. There aren't going to be any fans other than the families at any Big Ten football games this year. We know that now. So let's just focus on what there is because what there is is filling a huge vacuum. For, for the athletes involved who, who desperately wanted to play, as they showed when the season went away for a while, and for those of us who are watching and enjoying it, I, you know that Penn State-Indiana game is going to be remembered by – hundreds of thousands of IU fans for years and basically none of them were there to see it, but they're not going to forget it. They maybe it would have been cool if you, if that could have happened with a, with a crowd, but it didn't. And it still was cool. Yeah. I guess someone, they, someone may ask, uh, Indiana beat Michigan and Penn State in the in the same year. Did it really happen? There was no one there. <laughs> yeah. It, but... Hey, if they beat Michigan, it'll happen. You know, no one will take that away from them. Well, that's that opportunity is exactly what's coming up, Mike. Uh, they they have uh, that chance this Saturday, and man, this Michigan game has been such a bugaboo for Indiana because they this may be the one they've gotten closer to more often than anybody as far as the biggies they had them in overtime twice in the last couple of trips down here. There's just been other games that just but. Everybody always says, well, this seems like the year, and this does seem like the year, but it's still going to be a tough game because Michigan played really well that first week. They stunk it up last week. I don't know who's going to show up this week. Yeah, I mean, I watched the end of that uh, the, the Michigan game on Saturday, uh, and I, I was not impressed by how they performed down the stretch. They, they were unable to stop. Michigan State in a crucial situation. They were unable to respond to that. Uh, 
it, you know, it's not it's not been a dynamic offensive team. Uh, they did have the great first week, but they you know that Michigan State defense didn't all of a sudden become uh, the uh, 1975 Pittsburgh Steelers in a week, and Michigan wasn't able to move the ball at all. So I, I think it's an important game for IU to be to, to go in with a with the same winning approach I talked about before the first week. But but really, I think they need to go in feeling like they have a good chance to stop Michigan. They, they have a they have a, they have a good enough defense to at least stop Michigan. But I think they have to go in feeling like they're going to need some to put some points on the board that that this is going to be a game where if they want to win, if they want to feel great about winning, getting at or at or above the 30 mark is one where I, I think this. I think this is one of those games where they're going to have to feel like they're going to have to put points on the board to be successful. Is Minnesota the most disappointing league team in the league, Mike? I mean, uh, when they beat, when Michigan went in there and beat them week one, you were kind of thinking, oh, well, you know, maybe this is a pretty good Michigan team. But I think this is proving to be more of an indictment on Minnesota's defense, and particularly the next week when they, you know, can't hold that lead and give up a bunch of points against Maryland. Yeah, you know, it's hard. I, I think that. I think one of the things that you have to do at this point, Kevin, is reserve judgment because no one had a normal preseason. Uh, no one had what they, you know, no one had the rhythm or the or the plan or the, you know, the, the, most of these coaches have a, you know, a definitive plan for this is what we're going to be doing on this day in July. Like this is like, I mean, they they have it figured out down to the the minute of you know uh, of what we're going to do on the, you know on the third Wednesday in July that, that this is what we're focused on and all that got thrown out. So I, I, I can understand at this point, if a Minnesota fan is disappointed or whatever, cause you, you know, you lose a couple games, it's not good, but I think everybody in really in all the, in, in, in all the, uh, the, uh, the, the conferences needs to be patient and see where you are at the end. How do you adjust to, to the obstacles that are thrown at you early in the season? Because everybody's going to have to be nimble. The teams that have had success, like Ohio State, I mean, that they've been very good. They were they were they were very good against Nebraska. They were very good against Penn State. They haven't been great yet. I watched both games in their entirety. They haven't they they weren't spectacular, and they made some spectacular plays, but they weren't spectacular as a team in either of those games. Uh, to be great, to be truly great, they have to get much better. And that's true of the obviously of teams like Minnesota, where they have played some successful football, the, the Maryland game getting ahead, uh, but they weren't able to close. Can they can they can they patch those holes? Can they find a way around it? And it's the same for IU. I mean, IU's feeling great today and they and deserve to feel great today. But they understand as well as anybody that there's an opportunity now that they have to seize. They've created this opportunity for themselves. But now they have to seize it or a lot of what they've accomplished through two weeks can be misspent. Wasted may be a strong word. You have to do a lot of undoing to get the wasted, but, but it could be misspent. So that's why I talked about being uh, you know, really aggressive, really sharp on Saturday and not like thinking to yourself, you know, looking down over the ledge like, oh, man, it's a far fall from here. There, we see we see teams that have unexpected success. They get into that level, maybe third, fourth game, whatever, get against an opponent that has a bigger name, maybe some, you know, some more blue chip recruits. And they start to look over that precipice and see how far down it is. 
And then all of a sudden they aren't the same team anymore. That's why for, for, for Indiana on Sunday, excuse me, on Saturday, um, the challenge is as much mental for them as it is strategic or physical. Absolutely. You mentioned your Steelers earlier. How about them at 7-0 with old man Big Ben? My goodness, the big win over the Ravens last week, who plays the Colts this week. But, man, Steelers, they look like a you got this old quarterback beaten down, broken, and, man, he is kicking butt. Yeah, you know, apparently now he's middle-aged for a quarterback. After I watched the Monday night game and Brady uh, is, what, 42, 43, and told – the ESPN announcing crew that he doesn't think that the current two-year contract that he just signed is his last contract. So Ben's wow. just a kid right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, even though he's 37, he's his 17th year in the league and goes and, and you know, and gets hit like a, uh, like a tree with an ax. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm not convinced that, uh, that he's near the end either. Man, Mike, what do you got coming out next uh, that people need to be reading about? Yeah, I, I, today I, I will have coming out um, a discussion about the NFL trade deadline and some of the and how the trade deadline in the NFL has become a much different element than it was even five years ago. Uh, it, it's it's amazing how much the NFL has changed in its attitude toward that holiday, so to speak, uh, over what it was even just five years ago. It's completely different and. And as a result, you know, today may be more uh, a more interesting day. And the last couple of weeks have certainly been more interesting than than they would have been if we were talking about the same uh, holiday, so to speak, a decade ago. Looking forward to it. Mike DeCourcy from uh, Fox, from Sporting News, Big Ten, uh, and India Sports Beat, luckily for us. But, uh, Mike, thank you. Have a great day and a great week, man. We appreciate you so much. Thanks, Jim and Kevin. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Appreciate you. The great Mike DeCourcy joining us. We got lots more coming up here on Indiana Sports Beat. We're back with it from the Golf Club at Eagle Point Studios right after this. Hello, everybody. Jim Coyle from Indiana Sports Beat. When I'm not covering the Hoosiers, you can find me at Bubba's 33 in Clarksville, located on the northeast corner of I-65 at Veterans Parkway. Bubba's 33 has hand-tossed pizzas, bold burgers, and ice-cold beer from a select list of local craft brewers. An incredible food selection, all made fresh daily. Whether you're meeting the team for that post-win meal in the family dining area or meeting friends for happy hour to watch the game on one of Bubba's 50 TVs, Bubba's 33 in Clarksville. Pizza, burgers, beer. We all want a winning smile for those championship photos, and that's exactly what you will get at Reynolds Family Dentistry in Sellersburg. Reynolds Family Dentistry has been serving the dental needs of Hoosier families for over 30 years. Let doctors Roger and Jay Reynolds take care of your family. Just off of I-65 at 809 South Indiana Avenue in Sellersburg. Call 812-246-3368. That's Reynolds Family Dentistry, 812-246-3368. Hey, this is Jim Coyle with Indiana Sports Beat Radio. We're now a part of the Rivals Network. TheHoosier.com is where you'll find complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers as well as coverage of the Big Ten. Simply go to TheHoosier.com and sign up. It's free. You can also catch Indiana Sports Beat Radio there each day at your convenience, or you can find it in any place you podcast or on this station each weekday. If we're not on the station where you live, we should be. Ask for Indiana Sports Beat Radio. Now that warm weather has arrived, it's time to hit the links, and there's no better place than the golf club at Eagle Point in Bloomington. 
voted best golf course by the readers of the Bloomington Herald Times. The golf club at Eagle Point is under new ownership, has new fairways and bunkers, and it's open to the public. When the round's over, there's cold beer and a full menu at the Eagle Point Pub and Bistro. Call 812-824-1100 to make a tee time. That's 812-824-1100. The Golf Club at Eagle Point in Bloomington. No matter where you are in life, here's a question to consider. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you navigate where you want to go? An Ameriprise advisor will take the time to truly understand what's important to you and help you prepare for whatever life brings, both the expected and the unexpected by providing personalized advice based on your goals and needs and regular reviews along with digital tools to help you stay on track. With an Ameriprise advisor, you can feel more confident, connected, and in control of your financial life. Call Dennis Schneider, Heath Schneider, or Nick Davis with Schneider & Associates, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services. Call 877-827-1404. That's 877-827-1404. See Dennis Schneider at 236 North Elm Street in Henderson and Heath Schneider or Nick Davis at 20 East Camp Ground Road in Evansville. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Member FINRA and SIPC. Does your bank offer the personal service of a community bank combined with big bank products that you expect? I'm Dane Chandler, Banking Center Manager with Banterra. And with our bank, you get the best of both worlds. Our easy-to-use mobile app includes conveniences like mobile check deposit, We offer competitive CD and money market rates, smart mortgage options, and unmatched business products and services. Switching to Banterra is easy. Stop by our locations to learn more. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. 2020 has been a special year at Leroy's Tavern, celebrating 50 years of great food and drinks and friendly service and the addition of a family room. Leroy's Tavern is gearing up for the football season with the NFL Sunday ticket featuring every game every weekend and enjoy bush light for a dollar in a glass or $5 pitchers every Sunday, Monday, and Thursday. Leroy's will also stream high school football games on Friday night. Leroy's Tavern, a West Side tradition for 50 years at 2659 Mount Vernon Avenue. Today's guest is brought to you by Reynolds Family Dentistry of Sellersburg. You need a million-dollar smile for those championship photos, and that's exactly what you'll get with Reynolds Family Dentistry. Welcome back, Indiana Sports Meet. Coming to you on this Tuesday. It's Election Day, and Chronic Hoosiers with us now. Chronic, how are you, man? Doing well, man. Doing well. It's a uh, it's a beautiful day in Bloomington when uh, the sun is shining, the sky is blue, and the victory flag is is perched high atop a two and zero record. Could not ask for more. Well, uh, you might not ask for it, but boy, the opportunity is certainly there on Saturday to give a whole lot more as Indiana takes on a twenty third ranked Michigan team, and uh, they are in as good a position to start this season three and zero as they have ever been in a hundred and however many years of Indiana football. I think. No, absolutely. You know, we said before the season started uh, when we were talking previewing this year. You know, this is this is one of those two teams uh, that Indiana seemed poised to have their biggest breakthrough moment against. Uh, they played Michigan and Penn State both extremely competitively here in uh, in recent history. Uh, felt like both of those teams, while they're they're always going to have just a, a, an embarrassment of riches uh, and talent, were probably as susceptible as Indiana maybe ever has seen them in recent history. And you know, we saw what happened with the Penn State game. 
um, you know, the momentum that they've been able to sustain. And that was my big question mark heading into Rutgers. You know, can they carry that target on their back? Can they carry the weight of the expectations? You know, it, it doesn't seem like much, but when you spend the bulk of your week watching your own highlights on SportsCenter, that can have an effect on teams. And, you know, kudos to the staff, kudos to the players for, for keeping their focus, uh, for really handling their business at Rutgers. And, you know, I, I feel like one of those games where Indiana was clearly in control for all but, you know, the first couple of drives, uh, that one was was probably belied by the scoreboard, just how dominant of performance they put up. You know, they were a couple of penalties, a couple of drop passes away from absolutely taking Rutgers to the woodshed on Saturday. Uh, and, you know, Coach talked about it yesterday in his presser. They've got a lot of stuff to clean up. They're nowhere close to playing their best football. Uh, but I felt like it was, you know, I felt like there were several improvements that were notable uh, just from week one to week two. So, you know, assuming they can sustain that arc, I think they're in a great position to uh, to knock off Michigan for the first time in freaking forever, man. Yeah, I was, unfortunately, I, I was actually at the game the last time they won. Uh, all that means is that I'm old. But uh, it, it's going to be certainly different weather this weekend. The weather's going to be spectacular for on game day. Last time when they beat Michigan, it was a drizzly rain. But, uh, man, I am so looking forward to this team because they are playing with the confidence of a winner, which they've been confident before, but now they've actually won. They've been there, and they know what that feels, and they know that they can beat a, a team that they're as good or better than, that, that, that they've fought so much to do in these years past uh, a lot of it is mental as we've talked about getting past that mental hump uh and i i think that that mental that penn state game may have done that for them hopefully yeah, absolutely and, you know this is uh I, one of those situations as well where they have slowly and steadily climbed back from the talent point uh you know the, the, they have slowly built the depth that allows them to continue to compete when they have to go down the depth chart uh, but I, I think this is this is the fruits of Tom Allen's labors that are being borne out in front of us right now. It's a team that's bought in. Uh, it's a team that that believes they can win on any given Saturday. But most importantly of all of it, it's a team that's prepared enough to go out and execute. And like I said, you know, there was there was plenty of stuff to clean up from the game at Rutgers. Uh, but you know, how differently that game turns when those first couple of drives, uh, you know, you don't have the drops, you don't have the penalties. Um, it, the momentum and the ability to seize it early uh, and start playing downhill from that point. You know, we've often seen an Indiana team that has to claw back and then just hold on. And, you know, I, I expect <laughs> I expect to see a Michigan team that's possibly in the death rows right now. I think there's a whole lot of tumult going around uh, the Harbaugh tenure up in Michigan. And, man, wouldn't that just be the nail in the coffin if Indiana just uh, – <laughs> woodsheds them uh even if they just beat them period for that matter it doesn't have to be grotesque i'd certainly love it if it was uh but to really put the michigan fans out of their misery and maybe make them see that that's not the guy for the program but how cathartic would it be more than anything though man uh they've got a tremendous opportunity to go three and oh you've got a 13th ranked team here that just seems like they have all sorts of potential um it's just a, it's a wild wild year for indiana football but what else do you expect in 2020 i guess Exactly. And you talk about Harbaugh on the hot seat. It, it does bring up uh, conjuring of, of back when Indiana was on that run back in the 80s when they beat Michigan and Ohio State. Earl Bruce, it was the end of the Earl Bruce era, basically. And that's very possible that this is the end of the 
Jim Harbaugh, and maybe not this year, but next year his contract is close to coming on, and he has done nothing. And you're right. You lose to, to your Michigan State, and then in Indiana, you know they're going to lose to Ohio State. Uh, I think we're seeing the rise of Tom Allen and the fall of Jim Harbaugh in the Big Ten East. Now, there's certainly a reshuffling going on, and I think Indiana um, is well-positioned. Now, obviously, it's uh, it's something that you can't just be a one-year flash in the pan. you got to sustain it. But the way that Tom Allen's built this team, uh, the way that they continue um, to find a lot of a lot of talent in their younger underclassmen, um, that's just a, that's, that's a blueprint for success in this conference. You know, ideally, just like in, in basketball, you want to get old and you want to stay old. But what Tom Allen's figured out a way is to, to get experienced and to keep them experienced. Uh, and that certainly goes a long way for, uh, for making up for some of the, uh, the sins of youth, if you will. But I, I, I think this is something that uh, it's, I can't say I ever envisioned it was going to happen. Uh, it seemed insurmountable. Um, but, you know, if you've got a team that can perennially compete, and that's the only thing that I think most Indiana fans have asked for, is just come out and compete. You know, give yourself a chance. Give yourself uh, some respectability around the league. And then uh, let the chips fall where they may and, and leave it all out on the field. And what we've seen now, they've got the team in the position. When they do that, when they execute, you know, when they can limit the errors, uh, good things can happen for this team, man. Yeah, Kevin, This a lot of people might look at this as kind of an overnight success thing, and that is far from the case. They have been knocking, kicking backing into the door for a couple of years and it just would bend and bend but it just wouldn't break well they they were able to kick that door open this year to start the season and i I think it's just like a flood coming so i'm not going to be they should have won 11 games last year 11 games and that is not crazy talk that's a fact they should have beat michigan state penn state and uh tennessee so they can do that. They're better this year. So I'm not surprised, but it's just it's all coming at once, and no Hoosier fans are just not used to that. You know, and I think the interesting thing, too, is, you know, Chronic brought up the depth chart, and uh, last, you know, spring, all we heard about was Demarge Lewis, and, uh, you know, that this was a uh, kid that was, uh, you know, obviously a special player, um, had, some, had some talent, a kid from Georgia. So he is scout team player of the week. And the reason why he's Scout Team Player of the Week is you have CO, you have uh, Demarcus Elliott, you've got all these guys at defensive tackle that he can't quite crack yet. But that just tells you the depth that Tom Allen is building on the defensive line that a guy like Demarge Lewis that maybe two or three years ago you went on to plug in right away and maybe start, you can have him on the scout team now develop, and he's still a talented guy that can uh, you know that you know is going to make an impact down the road. And when you start to develop that depth. I think in uh, uh, positions like that, then you have a chance to have something pretty special. I noticed you didn't say Seal's last name there, Chronic. Nafal go to Totoa. There are some players where a single a single name moniker is just totally fine. <laughs> yeah. Certainly one of them. Don Fisher's got it down, and he very he was on Monday, and he just busts right through it. I think he's proud of being able to say it, and he doesn't hesitate. Boom. Yeah, Don also gets What's paid to have those phonetics on spot, and he has an entire offseason when he's not golfing to get that hammered in. Not all of us are that fortunate, but God bless the fish, man. But, man, can you imagine? I, I would love to. I'm going to be at the game, so I won't be able to hear Don. Well, maybe I can, and he'll get loud enough. But uh, a, a win over a Michigan this week, he did that 33 years ago. And, man, that would be amazing for him to be able to do that again for a Hoosier fans because – 
You beat Michigan and you're three and on the Big Ten, it is on. And Indiana is then looking at a collision course with Ohio State. Of course, they've got to win another game in between. But we will be seriously talking about an Indiana and Ohio State game for the Big Ten East Championship. Yeah, it's it's bonkers. But this is, like I said, man, this is 2020. Crazy things are happening all around us. Why not let Indiana football actually have a season in the sun? You know, I, I continue, especially as I look at the forecast for this weekend and see what it's shaping up to look like. Uh, you know, continue to be really, really, uh, really sad that this is going to be a year that fans don't get to experience in the stadium, you know, with the team, letting them hear that energy behind them. Um, you know, some of the best, best memories of, of any college experience at IU usually takes place in the tailgate field, spilling into the rock. Uh, so hopefully people are having a good time. Hopefully people are staying safe when they're doing this at home. Uh, that's one of the things I'm most excited about is, you know, with a little bit warmer weather gives everybody the ability to get outside and have some fresh air uh, and space out a little bit because uh, this one stands to get a little bit nuts. And, uh, you know, hopefully people continue to be responsible about it uh, when they go out after the games because it got a little dicey there after that Penn State win, man. Uh, you know, it was a good site. It was a really good site. But uh, Lord knows those downtown businesses can use all the patrons they can. Kirkwood's going to be blocked off again for outdoor dining. And, uh, you know, this may be one of those last opportunities for everybody to fully take advantage of that before the season turns. So enjoy the leaves, enjoy the warmth, and let's enjoy another football win. I agree. Chronic, I cannot thank you enough, brother. Appreciate you joining us each week. Hey, as always, thanks for having me, guys. You bet. There's the great Chronic Hoosier bringing along his sage wisdom. Looking forward to uh Potentially talking with him about a win over Michigan State or Michigan next week. Um, what if Indiana loses that game? Does it diminish what they've done so far, Kevin? I mean, I don't think so per se. You just got to press forward, and you got to, you know, um, it. You know, right now the the expectations are really high, but uh, you know, you can still have a successful season. You can still easily have a six and two season you know, which would be a step forward, which would be progress from last season when you were eight and five. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think you have Michigan in a spot now where they're vulnerable. But, you know, you remember last year, Nico Collins caused all kinds of problems. I wouldn't underestimate Michigan in the slightest coming into this week um, because sometimes when you come off a loss like that, like you say, you don't know what to expect. Maybe there's a heightened sense of urgency in practice for Michigan and that extends onto the field. So Indiana, as you mentioned, you know, as Tom Allen has mentioned, you know, still haven't played his best football yet. And they've, they've got to play their best football. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, it's interesting when you look at the drops, for example. I Dude, they're like last in the Big Ten in rushing. Their offense is terrible the and they're winning. Last in the Big Ten in rushing. I, I wrote about that today. A little bit of a misleading stat because of the sacks against Penn State, the 20 yard that, you know, the, the botch snap cost them 20 yards in the Rutgers game. But little things like that, you got to get cleaned up. And the drops, you know, I hear some people saying, oh, well, Penix needs to put better touch on the ball. Um, I don't know if you do that. Screw with his mechanics. No, he's, they're dropping that. the ball. That's nothing to do with Michael Penix. They just dropped the ball. If, well, I mean, they're, they're bringing up the velocity. But if, if you're a Division One receiver, you get out there with the jug machine and set it faster and make those catches you. and put in the extra time. Because Michael Penix is Michael Penix, and he's going he's gonna to throw the ball with zip, and you're going to have to catch it. If you see these guys making those one-handed catches, the reason the gloves they wear today, it's it's unbelievable. I don't understand how you they ever drop a pass. 
it is almost like Velcro super glue combined. I don't know how you can drop a pass with two hands together. You just put your hands together. You cannot blame this on the quarterback now. They have made this so easy to catch passes now. That's Those were just simple drops. And it was focused to me. They weren't locked in. I mean, they were hitting him right in the chest and just dropping balls. So you, you got you're used to that. You've been catching his passes for two years. So... Yeah, they've just got to get locked in, lined up, and that. But that's the best thing. They're not playing their best yet. They're 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 a team that we know what they're capable of offensively, and that only could be bad news for the rest of the league. It seems like the pattern through the first two games of the season is defense comes out on fire early, plays really well. Then in the third and the fourth quarter, kind of you know wears down and gives play. Offense starts slow and then picks up in the second half. So you'd like to see maybe the offense start a little faster and the defense sustain in the third and fourth quarter and eliminate giving up those bigger plays late in the game and special teams too. Uh, you know, you don't want to give up an onside kick in a game like this that you've done two out of the last three games. I mean, you've got to really retain and hold on to those possessions after a team like Michigan scores late. And if they're, you know, down by a score in the fourth quarter, you gotta, you know, uh, feel that, feel that onside kick and don't give them any life like you did Tennessee in the Gator Bowl. Yeah, I had a great clip from Tom Allen talking about that, but uh, we ran out of time. I, I didn't get to that, but we'll do that tomorrow. But talking about special teams has been a clue. But I can't thank everybody enough. I really appreciate it. You go out and vote. It's election day. So uh, go out and do your uh, civic duty. Uh, thanks a lot to Mike DeCourcy and Chronic Hoosier, of course, and to Kevin Brockway. He joins us each and every week uh, here on Tuesdays. Looking forward to tomorrow. Justin Napier could be sitting in, and we'll see what else we can get. Uh, Lakal Nedenrip as the uh, Indiana High School football playoffs are in, in high action. We'll get to that as well. So lots to get to. Indiana taking on Michigan this week. We'll have more of that as well as uh, Indiana basketball schedule starting to trickle out. So have a great day. Go out and do something nice for somebody. Please wear your mask. Vote. And until tomorrow, I'm Jim Coyle. I will see you on the radio. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.